Before we begin, I would like for all of us to just get ready. Start with a prayer. I know uh, it, it doesn't matter if you are in this room alone or with family and friends or if you're there with your roommate, but I want you to just kind of breathe and start with prayer, even prayer out loud if you're alone in your car, and ask God to speak to you. I've been doing this for myself, so I want you to think about this, and maybe this is something we do before we prepare God's Word in our hearts, right? And I want God to reveal His Word to you, speak to your heart, and give you the grace and wisdom that we need for a faith that works. That's what we're doing. So I'm going to read uh, from the book of James, chapter 3, verse 1 to 18. It's the whole chapter of chapter 3, and uh, you'll, you can read that with me. And please put in the comments below things that stick out to you, things that like, are, feel like enlightenment or things you want to uh, like, uh, push on. Like, hey, tell me more about this, right? So I'm going to start reading and read with me. James 3, 1 to 18. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers. Because you know that who, we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what he says is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouth of horses, they obey us. And we could turn the whole animal. Or take a ship, for example. Though they are so large, they are driven by strong winds. They are steered by a small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, it says, and is set by a uh, set on fire by hell all kinds of animals birds reptiles sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind but no human being can tame the tongue it is the restless evil full of deadly poison with the tongue we praise our lord our father and with it we curse human beings right who have been made in the likeness and image of god out of the same mouth praising and cursing my brothers and sisters this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a, a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. And if you harbor bitterness, bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, then you find disorder in every evil practice. And it ends like this. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. Then it's peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace, reap a harvest of righteousness. Wow, that is God's word. God's word. Hello, if you're new to Hill City, my name is John. I am so 
glad that you're listening, you're watching. As we continue through this book of James in this series called Faith That Works. See, James wrote this letter and he's the little brother of Jesus who didn't follow Jesus until the resurrection. Think about that. When I read this book, I think about how James really is speaking to himself in so many ways about faith, uh, about like uh, pride, about his mouth. Maybe he said some things he shouldn't have said to Jesus and now he's like, man, be careful what you say, right? Yet this guy who started late to the game, right, became one of the point leaders of the whole Jesus movement, pastoring the very church in Jerusalem, right? The very place that Jesus was murdered. James is a bold man. You can tell he's hardcore and you can feel it in his writings. You can definitely feel it. And, and now, as we get into this, we must ask ourselves some questions, right? Why did James write in this way, in this moment? And what was the difficulties and the problems James was facing within the church? One of the problems is very clear, and you can read it all over, right? The problem of disputes and division and divisiveness over spoken words, right? Spoken words, flippantly, carelessly blurted out in anger, out of selfish ambition, out of manipulation and control, right? Words sparking conflict, injuring, misguiding, destroying the trust and unity, which might seem minor to you, but it was a huge deal to them. It was a huge deal to James. You know why? Because it was a huge deal to Jesus. Jesus prayed fervently on the day before he was, he was uh, imprisoned, before his death. In John 17, 23, he says, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought into complete unity then the world will know and if you're listening say it then the world will know that you have sent me and that you love them even as you have loved me see jesus said that our unity and love for one another would be so radical so beautiful so bold so utterworldly that our world our neighbors our city our enemies would see the way we take care of one another and strive together in the mission of Jesus and that would testify to the transformation that Jesus makes that God is with us and that God is for them right unity matters I'm gonna say it again unity matters it matters and we must protect it at all costs I'm just so glad that we never have to deal with stuff like that right unity in the body deep commitment to one another submission to God and his mission. I mean, us modern Christians are past that. We've mastered it, right? No, absolutely wrong. I'm being sarcastic, right? And my sarcasm might not come through because it's very Asian and dry, right? But it's wrong. I think more than ever before, we live in a society where we have First Amendment rights to say what we want, how we want, when we want to say it. We can say what, how, and when, right? And we use our rights so generously, and that's fine. That's fine. We, we have that right. I'm not, I'm not saying take that away. But then don't complain about the repercussions. Don't get mad when people don't want you to be around when they don't trust you with themselves, they don't feel safe around you, when people don't share their lives with you, it is a sign that there is a lack of unity, a lack of trust. Just because we have the freedoms to speak, 
doesn't mean we should. I should say that again. Just because we have the freedoms to speak doesn't mean we should. Just because we have a platform like Facebook or Twitter, MySpace, I, that's where I started, right? YouTube, you have opinions and I know it doesn't mean that we should always share them. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry, to become angry. For the Christian, and I want us to hear it, for those who are Christians, our rights never override our submission to Jesus. They never will. Our rights will never override our submission to Jesus. Never, ever. Do you know why James echoes this over and over and over again? It's because your words, they are powerful. Our words, they have power. That's why James starts with teachers. Because teachers should be conscious of the weight and the influence of what they say. Right? So pastors, I'm talking to myself, leaders, teachers, influencers, life group leaders, youth and kids leaders, your words, they have power to destroy and to divide the very thing that Jesus loves. And James tells us, you will be judged more strictly and severely for that. Breathe in, because that's a warning from, from, from James. That's a warning from God. God will come against you when we take our words lightly like they don't mean anything and we destroy the unity of, of those people in the church that he loves. Like a bit in the mouth of a powerful stallion, like the rudder on the Titanic or one small spark that can emblaze the whole continent of Australia, right? In the right conditions and with the right kindling, your words can do maximal damage to everything that matters to you, your family, your children, your friends, your business, your community, your reputation, your faith. And from the wisdom of a wise bear named Smokey, he says, only you can prevent forest fires. Only you can prevent forest fires. Yeah, that's an actual point in my notes right here. Two weeks ago, my boys, right? They were banned from electronics for a whole week. Do you know how much of a punishment that is? For us parents, right? We are in quarantine, man. We are in quarantine, stuck at home. Don't act like you don't use Siri, your electronic babysitter. We do sometimes, and it's okay, right? But they were playing with fire in our backyard, right? And they were putting hand sanitizer on the rocks and lighting it on fire. And then at the end, they were lighting, they put hand sanitizers in their hands, and they were lighting it on fire and laughing. And then we find out later. And I was like, which number one, they shouldn't be playing with fire in the backyard. A lot of things can go wrong. Number two, how dare you waste hand sanitizer? That stuff is like gold. And number three, I was like, where's the invite? I would have done that with you probably, but I wanted to be there. But I was thinking in their ignorance, they don't recognize how bad things can go quickly, how fast fire spreads and how much harm that it could truly cause. And in that same vein of caution, Pastor James tells us, you too are naive to the dangers of your words. I don't care how old you get and how mature you feel, you too are naive of the power of and the danger of our words. Your words have power. 
Mark 11, 22 starts, says, Jesus answers them, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says, it will come to pass. Isaiah 55, 11 says this, So shall my words go out of my mouth and it will not return empty or void, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. The power of that, which all leads me to the beginning, right? In Genesis, when God said, let there be light, speaking everything into existence from nothing. Words creating reality. Think about that. Words creating reality. And we who are made in the image of God, we have powerful words. And that's why the writer of Proverbs says, your tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat of its fruits. And so I want this to settle in for a moment for all of us, right? Life and death, death and life. What if your words have the power to create reality? I'm not saying name it and claim it, but the words you speak over others and yourself are not just throwaway. They're not just disposable. It's not just kidding, right? They have power to bring death, it says. We all know about this. Have you ever said something you regretted your whole life? Me too. I was like, I wish I could take that back. Even though I was forgiven, those words don't go away. They continue to do damage. The thing is, I hate how much of a hypocrite I am. Being honest, I told myself I would never say those words that were spoken over me to my kids. But guess what? I did, right? I told myself I'll never scream my kids out of rage and anger. I lied again, right? My careless words start most of the fights in my house with Candace. It's true. It's just these careless things. I'm like, ooh, they come out of me, right? Words spoken out of pride, anger, manipulation, control. Sometimes I'm just hangry, just being honest, or tired, or frustrated at the situation I have put myself into, right? And it's crazy that I blame others about that. And I know personally the damage it causes. And maybe that's why James calls it out over and over and over again, following his brother and his master teacher, Jesus, who took words very seriously and said this in Matthew 12. These are straight up from the words of Jesus. I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. Did you hear that? Did you even know that? Like, you are responsible for every word every word power power it also has the power to bring life though words bring life creates life and laughter and hope and praise and strength people have changed my life with mere words right words of belief and love when my wife said i do when my daughter called me dada before mama which was awesome right but that moment changed my life it really did when the scripture, scriptures boldly states that God so loved me that he gave, me, gave his only son, forgave me, renewed me, transformed me, and called me to himself. So be careful the words we read and hear and speak and the words, right? Listen, listen, the words we tell ourselves. Generational poverty 
is hard to break, and we know that, because of many factors. But one of the greatest factors that I've seen personally is the stories that we tell ourselves and the stories that people tell themselves, creating in their mind a hopeless reality, a trap, a prison, that it will always be this way. Have you ever said that, right? You're speaking over yourself a reality, right? I see that in abusive relationships where the person will just not leave because they said, I cannot find any better. I don't deserve better. They re- so they remain the same, remain defeated, and remain blaming themselves or something else, but yet they remain people stuck due to words they tell themselves so listen to me people need your words people need your words your prayers they need god's word spoken over them of hope that brings freedom and transformation into new life new life and let me give us some ways that we can implement this and practice into our daily rhythm something that we can do i want you to write down these five things that I want you to start doing. Try this this week. And then you can tell me like how it went next week. You can put in the comments. You can send us an email. But I, I, want, you, I want us to do these things, these five things. Number one, think before you speak. That's right. I know that's a hard one. I know it's easy to write down, but it's hard to take a breath in the moment and think and don't say, right? Just, just because like, that's me. I'm just like, why did I say before I think? Why did my inside voice mix up with my outside voice? It's like this Homer Simpson moment, right? But, but John, that's just who I am, right? It's my personality trait. I'm an Enneagram 8, right? And I just want to say this. So what? So what? Then you need to change. You need to train because we're in Jesus training, right? It starts with our submission to him, not saying this is who I am. We say, what do you want me to be like? How can I walk with you? How can I train with you, Jesus? You can think whatever you want. The problem starts once our thoughts become words. So slow your roll. Think before you speak. Number two, consecrate yourself daily yeah we don't use the word consecrate but i really like the word consecrate right every morning give yourself to the lord your heart your mind your purpose the work of your hands and your mouth your tongue right regularly acknowledge your need and discernment for the grace of god Psalms 19.4 says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing or acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. They know where the strength and redemption comes from, right? Number three, meditate on scripture. Number three, meditate on scripture. I know, so simple. You say it all the time. But let the word of God soak in you so that the roots can grow deep into the foundation, which is Jesus Christ working on the inside, softening the hard, hard heart of pride, anger, and unforgiveness, memorizing and meditating on God's word over our words, right? Learning to resolve in those moments of tension, humility for the good of unity. Thy word I have hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. Psalms 119.11. Number four, right? 
Assume responsibility for every word. I know I said it already, but assume it. Meaning you repent quickly, you apologize quickly. Those you offend, you practice speaking truth in love, right? And I, I was going to make this whole sermon that, but I, I shifted a little bit. But that's the key. To, to practice speaking truth, not lying, truth in love, not out of uh, my, my, my rightness or out of religion or out of pride, but in love putting that person before you. That's the key. How do you want to be loved? That's how you should speak. Speak like that. We are accountable for every idle word, Jesus told us, and we'll be judged for that. Number five, finally, commit yourself to speaking life. That means we practice it, all right? All right, what are we going to say? You know, we're going to practice this. We spur each other on for good works, right? To encourage, to praise, to comfort, to inspire, to edify, to unite. Ask God to guide you in that, to, to words that will honor Him and accomplish His purpose. Philippians says, finally, brothers, whatsoever things are true, things are honest, whatsoever things are just, things are pure, lovely, good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on them. Commit yourself to speaking life. Amen, John? Amen. I'm just encouraging myself. I'm just letting you know that's what I'm doing right now, right? Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Keep speaking now. Now, James he ends this part of the letter and leaves us with a warning as he does, right? Verse nine, he says this, with the tongue, we praise our Lord, right? Our father. And with our tongue, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness, made in the image of God, the imago Dei, right? Out of the same mouth, like stick out your tongue, ah, right? out of that same mouth, right? comes praise to God and, and comes cursing to, to our brothers. And he says, my brothers and sisters, this should not be. This cannot be because it reveals the truth of our heart and the maturity of our love for God. Listen, if you love me and talk crap about my kids or my fam- my wife, we're just not good. We're not good. We're not even close, right? You don't care how much, like, I don't care how much you think you know me or how close you think we are because then you don't know me at all, nor do you understand what I love in the same way. I don't care how much you say, God, I love you, or how much Jesus swag you're wearing today on this Sunday, right? Or some Hebrew lower back, tattoo that you endured, right? If you don't love his kids, I'm telling you, you don't know Jesus. You don't know Jesus. And our connection with God is shallow. Fake. I know we don't like the word fake. We call people fake, but we're fake, man. We're counterfeit goods. (laughs) You're not Oakley's, you're Folkley's, man. That's what he's saying. Jesus said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. I tell you this because in this culture, we can claim to be a follower of Jesus without actually following him if we're not careful. We could be far from Jesus, his heart, his love, his mission, and not even know it. Those who are Christians today 
take a deep breath and look at what James is saying and repent. Because the truth is, some of us, man, we're very religious. We, but we don't know Jesus. And I would say we are not saved. We've walked and went to church, checked in, checked out. We've learned information, but we don't know God. That means we are not saved. We are not saved. Jesus told us on that day, people will say to him, Lord, Lord. And he will say, I do not even know you. That frightens me. That really does. And I say this to you, not out of hate, but out of love for you. Some of us who are listening to this, you, you don't know Jesus. You know all about the, his stats and what he's done, but you don't know his heart because it's not your heart. You are not saved. And I'm not judging your salvation, but you know it. And Jesus even told us, like, be careful because we can lie to ourselves. Maybe it's time to reevaluate to humble ourselves and cry out and turn to Him. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It starts with our confession. And I told you a couple weeks ago, I'm going to tell you probably every week, the worst thing we can do is be prideful. Pride keeps us from confessing and confessing keeps us from God. Think about that. So James ends this passage, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let, it show, let them show it by their good life, right? Like Hannah was speaking the week prior. By deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom, God's wisdom. But if you harbor bitterness, uh, bitter envy, and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from heaven, but is, uh, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. When we make up stuff like this is spiritual, this is spiritual, just be good people. That's not what it ever says in the Bible. We're making up false righteousness. Jesus didn't say be good people. He said, follow me. He didn't, he didn't just say come and see. He said, come and die. He didn't just say do your own thing. Now I've blessed you. Go, go in peace. No, he said, follow me. Give your life. I have a commission. I have a mission for you. Come together even when you feel like, oh, this is going to be hard. Let it be hard. We can continue to blame things. And I believe people really do have anxiety and things are hard. And we have to overcome ourselves and the way we talk to ourselves. But it doesn't mean what Jesus has said changed. We're still called to be in submission. We're still called to one another. We're still called to our neighbors. And we're still called to watch our mouth, right? See, verse 17, I love that. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace will reap a harvest of righteousness, will be known by, will be known by our fruits, that's the litmus test. So in your relationships, in your following Jesus, in your attitude, in your compassion, in your generosity, are you more like Jesus today than you were last year, than you were in the past? In your surrender, in your humility, in your mercy, in your maturity, are, you, are, you, are, are your fruits, are, the, are your spiritual fruits ever increasing, producing a harvest of righteousness? Or have we settled for far less than what Jesus has prepared for those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. If you want to grow, 
and stop being frustrated in your faith, you have to first submit your life fully to Jesus. There's no way around that. There's no way around that. Then you have to put yourself under somebody to lead you. There's no way around that, right? Like a seed, you have to get planted. Then you got to get, and it's going to get some roots, right? So that your faith is grounded. And when the heat comes, when the wind comes, it will not dry out. It will not fall away. But your life will be filled with God and God moments, God dreams, God passions, God people, God transformation, fruits of righteousness. Listen, I need you to mature. I don't know how else to say that. But your family needs you to grow up. Your church needs you to grow up. Your family needs you to lead and bring unity and strength in the name of Christ, right? Your friends and co-workers need you to know Christ deeper, to bring in His presence, to bring in His peace, His harvest of righteousness, joy into dark places. Your neighbors need you. Your world needs you to mature up. We cannot take our eternity lightly we cannot take this moment that you're hearing this message from james lightly god has placed you here in 2020 in a pandemic in colorado in a mess for such a time as this god has not messed up i know you're saying oh it's always going to be like it's not god is not messed up can we start speaking a reality that god has spoken over us today starting with the power of our words 